I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the FT Money Show from Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Welcome to the FT Money Show Mortgage Special. In today's programme, the government finally intervenes in the mortgage market, but has it inadvertently achieved its aim of promoting long-term fixed rates? Buy-to-let mortgages, as they disappear faster than residential deals, is this the end of property investing? European home loans, if your mortgage is in euros, how can you protect yourself against rising costs? And we have some good news and bad news on fixed rates. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. And Charlene Goff. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, the Prime Minister invited the mortgage lenders to Downing Street to come up with a system that could make it easier for banks to lend to each other. And the plan to allow lenders to swap mortgage-based assets for government bonds has received qualified approval. The aim is that the banks will find it easier to borrow and to lend to other banks using these bonds as security, backed by the government, which in turn should ease up lending to individual mortgage borrowers. But is this a further nationalisation of the banking system after Northern Rock? And will it bring about the Prime Minister's aim of encouraging long-term fixed rates, but by the back door? Uh, Steve, what do you make of all of this? Matthew, I've... I've lost touch with this weird, wacky world of mortgages. I mean, last week you'll recall um, that as base rates came down, we had all all mortgage lenders raising rates on new mortgages, of course, and there was a bit of a political hoo-ha about that. Since then, of course, we've seen short-term fixes become more expensive than long-term fixes, you know, which is somewhat counterintuitive as well. Um, and now, yes, we it appear here to have government underwriting of, of mortgages being proposed. Um, it's unclear to me whether this is a, a recipe for bigger profits for banks or indeed a way of controlling their banks. I mean, Charlene, any ideas? Um, I think that's been one of the criticisms that should the, is the taxpayer effectively having to subsidise bank profits. Um, but it's hard to say until we know a bit more detail about what's going on. Like you say, it's all very hazy. There's no timeline. We don't know how far the action from the Bank of England will go. Um, but the, uh, the general idea is to free up uh, funds in the money markets as we know, the rate at which banks are borrowing has remained very, very high. You know, I think the idea is to bring that down a bit, um, 
get banks trusting each other, lending to each other and getting a bit more liquidity in the market. So there's more availability of funds, which in turn should bring rates down for borrowers. Um, the Bank of England, you know, or, or Gordon Brown actually, did say to mortgage lenders this week, um, please pass rates on to borrowers. You know, they, they have encouraged that. Where the bank, banks will actually take heed of that and do it is another question. So well, they, they, they haven't thus far, have no. they? Uh, I suppose the other key variable is um, how much of a price will the banks have to pay for having this facility to swap their, their mortgage backed assets for safer houses or safer than houses government bonds because if they if they pay a price for it then it it may seem yeah. politically more acceptable but will it be as effective in yeah well in, they, in encouraging them to, to take advantage again we haven't got any concrete information on that but i think the feeling is it's unlikely that banks will exchange the gilts for these securities sort of one for one i think a figure we had quoted in, in the FT this week was they might pay a pound for 88 pence worth of government gilts. Indeed, yes. So, yeah. so that they're paying a, a 12% fee for, exactly. the, for the facility, um, which yeah would have an effect on how attractive a, a deal it would be, I imagine. Yeah, I think that's what gives the taxpayer that bit of a cushion in case these do go wrong and st we start seeing defaults. There's, you know, that reduces the risk for the taxpayer. But, but I think uh, for the moment, though, we're not going to see any immediate effects. It's a, there's a long, long way to go yet. Well, indeed, um, although I think one of the interesting stories come out this week was that if, um, if the mortgage markets weren't, if the credit markets weren't effectively unlocked, you could see a whole swathe of smaller lenders, a lot of the building societies, just give up lending altogether. And I, I think there was some quote that even that the banks were expecting to take 100% of all new lending. Um, so we are in stra a strange world. Although the Building Society Association has said to me this morning that um, it really doesn't think there's that much of a threat. Um, and smaller lenders are much less exposed to the money markets than the larger banks. So at the moment, they are being affected. They are having to put up rates, but that's because some have seen five, even eight or nine times the level of mortgage business that they can cope with. Um, so if that extra demand could return to the larger lenders, um, building societies could, you know, bring down rates a bit more. So I don't know why the, the, there's this feeling yeah. that they might get excluded from the market altogether. I think they're actually being inundated with business. Yeah. Well, I think there is a bit of a political game going on here, and I think lenders are, to a degree, talking their own book, aren't they? Um, you know, early in the week, lenders were worried that they were effectively almost being called in by Gordon Brown to this so-called crisis meeting to be, you know, worse. Um, seen as whipping boys, effectively, um, for, for, for the crisis. Um, and then there's this further aspect of not passing on the rate cut when um, they have passed on the rate cut, to be fair, in some cases. Of course, anyone on a tracker mortgage has, has seen a rate cut. Many people on variable rate mortgages. On the other side, of course, they haven't done themselves any favours by, at the same time, whacking up rates in the new mortgage market. Yeah, and keeping track of those rates is becoming so difficult, it's changing almost almost by the day. And if you'd like to find out what the latest developments are in the mortgage market, do look out um, for FT Money in the weekend, FT on the 19th and 20th of April, and online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also email in your questions to us at ask 
ft your money at ft.com still to come euro mortgages how can you stop currency movements making your spanish villa more expensive and we have some good news and bad news on fixed rates but first buy to let mortgages um charlene you've been scouring this shrinking market this week and what have you been finding well Bicelet has has been a, is being affected in a similar way to the owner occupier um, market, and what we've seen recently is that landlords are having to put up um, a greater amount of their own capital into their property investments because fewer buy to let lenders are willing to lend big loan to values now. Um, six months or so ago, a number of lenders were offering buy-to-let mortgages at 90% of a property's value. We never saw them go quite as far as residential mortgages and with their 100% rates. Um, but actually, over the past few weeks, these have, have come down again, and landlords now need a deposit of at least 15 percent of their property um, to get a buy-to-let mortgage. So to find out what this means for property investing investment, we're joined now by Andrew Montlake of Cobalt Capital, the mortgage broker. Um, hi, Andrew. Hello. Um, so what does this mean for the buy-to-let market as a whole? Uh, I think, first of all, it's important to split the buy-to-let market probably into two. Um, on the one hand, you've got the professional landlords what we've seen over the past two years three years is actually a professionalization in the buy to let um, arena so these are people with portfolios who have been built up over the past five or six years um, they've got properties 10 properties to a thousand properties um, and they've actually pretty much seen this coming so a lot of them are already down at 75 to 80 percent loan to value what this means is it's really had an effect on the second class of buy-to-let investors, the so-called dinner party buy-to-letters. So those are at a dinner party, everyone says, you must get into buy-to-let, you'll make a quick buck. Um, those types of investors have dropped off. Um, you've seen a lot of property clubs who have gone to the wall um, that were offering everyone can make a million overnight from property. Um, so those types of buyers have dropped out of the market. They're the ones right. who are mainly being affected. And what impact will that have on the housing market, do you think, in terms of prices and supply and demand of property? Um, at the moment, property prices are correcting, obviously. Yeah. Um, so... Actually, I think it's it's probably a good thing that a lot of these um, dinner party buy-to-letters are dropping out of the market. Um, a, as prices correct, it means potentially first-time buyers um, could afford to get onto the market again. Um, but it, it really means that um, the professional landlords are having a field day. Um, these are the types of market conditions that they like at the moment. They're able to um, be more aggressive when they're purchasing property um, because they can put in tougher asking prices. They can pick up property for cheaper than they probably would have done certainly six, 12 months ago. And rents are rising. But they have, um, I mean, that, that all sounds very positive for them, but there are some other negatives that I imagine would be hitting the professional landlords as well, um, I mean, mortgage rates are going up, for example. Yeah, where, where landlords are having a tougher time of it is is just in because the whole credit crunch has not just affected the rates, it's actually affected the criteria that the lenders are offering. So therefore, um, it's tougher to make things stack up in terms of the rental cover. 
Um, so some lenders where they would have offered 100% rental cover um, three, six months ago are now wanting 125% or 130% rental cover. So really moving back to where we were when buy-to-let first came onto the market. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And also I think a number of um, lenders have withdrawn rates this week and they've been a bit slower to do that than than lenders have for owner-occupiers, but we have started to see that happen. So we could see a flurry of rates going up again in the next few days. Yeah, we've certainly seen that already. Uh, people like uh, Bank of Scotland, Birmingham Midshires and Woolwich as well have, and Cheltenham and Gloucester have, have, have put up rates on the buy-to-let side of things recently and changed criteria. Um, so there is it is becoming slightly tougher. Um, but as I say, a lot of the professional buy-to-let investors are um, coping with that because they have the cash deposits to to put down 25%, 15% if needed. And get the better rates. And get the better rates at that Great. level. Well, if I might just ju- jump in there, Andrew, I yep. mean, you, that's that sounds like the sort of classic sort of uh, buy-to-let mop-up arguments, you know, that every time we've seen housing weekly yeah. so in recent years, buy-to-letters have been rubbing their hands. But what about all these um, stories of, of massive oversupply of new builds in, the, in Leeds, Manchester, and so on? And surely there's not enough demand for those over, that over. Yeah, um, that's, that's a very good point. What, what's been happening in the new build market is I think there's actually been an oversupply of the wrong types of properties. What the uh, developers have been interested in building is lots of one, two-bedroom flats in city centres. And a lot of buy-to-let landlords I talked about earlier who think they're going to make a lot of money quickly have been buying whole blocks of these developments. These dinner parties. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then what actually happens is um, when they go to the market to try and rent them out, they're all hitting the market at the same time. So there's oversupply. So what happens? Rents go down. So... A lot of these people are are losing money on the rents or finding it very difficult to actually rent them out full stop. And then the second part of that is they've actually paid a premium for these new build properties in the first place. So they're actually finding that the value that they've bought the property at is not actually the true value. And thus they find themselves in negative equity. So good news for professional landlords. There may be goodbye dinner party uh, letters, uh, buy to letters in, uh, yeah. in 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 Riverside tower blocks. Absolutely. Then. I mean, if clients are coming to me and saying, "Where's the best place for me to invest in a buy to let property?" Then we're basically saying, "Well, you're probably not the right person to get into buy to let. You should know the answer to that before you come to a, uh, a professional advisor." Well, thanks very much to you all for that. Um, I don't know what sort of dinner parties you get invited to. I never, I never get to talk <laughs> about these things. But uh, if you'd like to know. More about buy-to-let mortgages. Look out for Charlene's article, which will be in FT Money with Weekend FT on the 19th and 20th of April. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on fixed rates. Before that, though, euro mortgages. Tens of thousands of Britons have bought second homes in mainland Europe during the boom of the past few years, particularly in Spain, France and Italy. But unluckily for them, the pound is now heading south as well. Whereas one euro cost just 66 pence in January 2007, it now costs around 80 pence today. This is already causing pain for euro mortgage holders with sterling salaries, with the threat of worse to come. So what can they do to protect themselves from these rising costs? 
Dominic Picardo from Investors Chronicle has some answers, and he joins us now. Um, Dominic, what sort of cost increases could you face if you own that villa in Marbella? Well, very substantial. First of all, the amount that you owe could go up by tens of thousands of pounds if one of the worst scenarios comes to pass. And that will obviously increase your monthly repayments quite considerably. And if you are looking at considerable increases, the tens of thousands of pounds extra, um, what can you do? I mean, are there alternatives to euro-denominated mortgages if you're buying in Spain or France or Italy? Well, if you're just about to buy, one option is to take out a mortgage in sterling rather than in euros. Um, that obviously fixes your payments in the in the sum that you're going to be uh, in the se- in the. <laughs> That's fine. In the currency that you're earning your, uh, in the currency that you earn, at the same time, um, you'll be locking yourself in at a disadvantageous rate. I suppose that that's the that's going to be the, the calculation that you have to make. Um, sterling interest rates less attractive, euro possibly more attractive, but it's that differential in terms of the exchange rate. It's much more ideal to lock in at a low uh, at a time when these sterling is strong against the euro. Um, looking at other ways in which you can protect yourselves, um, obviously you can fix your interest rate with a whole load of different mortgage deals, but that isn't an awful lot of protection against you know, the sterling euro rate changing. Can you actually fix your exchange rate? Uh, any mechanisms for doing that? Yes, you go to a currency broker and they will let you fix your uh, monthly payments for up to two years in advance. Um, the rate you receive will be roughly the rate today plus a little bit extra. Um, the beauty of this is you know exactly how much you owe from day one and there's no uncertainty. The downside is that uh, you won't share in the benefit if uh, the pound once starts to weaken once again. But you have that you have that peace of mind. So effectively you could get a fixed interest rate at a fixed exchange rate and it'll be the same every month. Exactly. Um, Start to again, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. just do the so you can fix your exchange. You can yeah. fix your right. Okay. Fine. So you can fix your mortgage interest rate and fix your exchange rate so that you know that um, you'll be paying the same amount every month, no matter what happens. That's exactly what will happen. Um, but the downside with this is that. If sterling begins to strengthen against the euro, you won't enjoy any of the benefits. If um, you don't want to commit yourself to you know, fixing yourself, you're fixing your payments for two years, are there any sort of hedging strategies you can use? I mean, obviously people trade in the foreign exchange markets, but if you're a, just a, you know, someone owning a home or a villa uh, in Europe, can you do it yourself? The man in the street could simply go out and take out a spread bet, buying the euro and selling the pound. Um, you take out a position which is worth the same as your entire mortgage and you enjoy the upside on uh, any increases in the euro. Um, any profits you make are also tax-free, which is a, another beauty. Um, so it's quite, quite an attractive option. Uh, to take a position, though, that is worth the same as the, you know, the, a mortgage or the value of a property, is that, is that extremely expensive? Not at all. And In fact, you only have to put down a very small fraction of the of the overall cost. So you could do it uh, with as little as a couple of thousand thousand euros and the cost you're paying over a year would wouldn't would be about the same again. But you'd have to be someone who's willing to take uh, take to take the risk that uh, um, currencies may move the wrong way and go against your bet. 
Certainly, but then you'd end up with a smaller mortgage, so you'd be happy. Well, it sounds like it's, it's well worth investigating if you're worried about the cost of that, uh, that villa. And if you'd like to know more about um, Euro mortgages and the options open to you, you can read Dominic's article um, in FT Money, in the weekend FT, on the 19th and 20th of April. And finally today, it's good news, bad news on fixed rates. Um, Steve, we talked uh, at the very beginning of the FT Money show about the fact that um, fixed rates for mortgage borrowers looking uh, to fix for two years have gone up, which is not terribly good news at all. Um, Who is getting the good news on fixed rates? Well, uh, savers. Uh, particularly short-term savers. This week we've seen um, six-month and one-year rates, or particularly very short-term rates, rising above what has become almost a, the top end recently of six and three quarters. You've seen a little bit more than that. Many of these rates won't stay around for very long. Um, but, you know, this is at a time when base rates have just come down to 5%, of course. So you can get you can one get a and a half rate and more. Of... Yeah, one and three quarters. So effectively over... 6.75%. Mm. And fixing for how long? One year or less? Well, it's little as six months. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of, I mean, a lot of people don't buy into fixed rates because, particularly long term, because they say, I don't want to commit, I can't commit that long. But frankly, a six-month commitment is not very much in an era when really, I think it's fair to say, over the next six months, we are only going to see rate cuts. And therefore, a variable rate saver, a saver with a, an instant access account and so on, is likely to see, see some deterioration in their interest um, this is an opportunity to lock in at a high rate which protects you from that rate cut. An opportunity well worth taking right now I would think. Um, Steve thanks very much for that and uh, that's all we've got time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember you can email us your views and your questions uh, to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com and we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Charlene and Steve. Goodbye. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. 
We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.